There we go. I had my headphones jacked in the wrong same, port. I did the same thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's... Oh boy. Oh boy, folks. We're starting off with a with a bang. We. Uh, I could use a good bang. Juicy. We... <laughs> you and me both, friend. Oh my gosh. Um, At least you have the resources. Yeah, well, let's not go there. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, welcome to Eating Juicy. And I'm just looking at my microphone settings because it seems very loud. Um, yeah, we both uh, work day jobs. Okay, mm-hmm. folks, we both mm-hmm. literally, this is how honest we'll be with you. We literally just both finished work yep. um, about with, <laughs> I think Hero got home like literally 30 Two minutes ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Dos minutos. Speaking of. It was mas rápido. A- do you know what? Do you know? Do you realize what a great transition that is? You did that on purpose, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Surprisingly, you, I did. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly to yourself because you didn't mm-hmm. mean to. <laughs> yeah. Um, that brings us to our guest today. We'll just hop right in it. Um, yes, please, please introduce your guest. Yeah, my guest. Well, our guest. Our guest. Yeah, because you know, uh, our guest today is Caesar. Now I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong, probably Abro. I, I would I usually would I would think it's Abreu. Abreu? Abreu. Abreu. Okay. That that could be could be right because he's yeah. a Puerto Rican. Yes. He lives in New York City. He is a, a Met opera dancer, which I have oh. to like like of course I know I didn't know that the Met opera had mm-hmm. dancers. Like is that that's is that a really like naive thing for me to to think? Well, the Met Opera, I mean, it could be like ballet dancing, I would think, or contemporary dancers, interpretive dancing. Yeah, stuff, right. right. In Based opera, on the story yeah. in the opera. Yeah, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Because well, we think about even something as super generic and straightforward, like Swan Lake or whatever, right? You've got the... Is, um, that's not an opera? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Shows anyway. Shows that I know. Yeah. Um, let's just continue. <laughs> so um, a very artistic... Um, folk uh person we're super stoked to meet um caesar one of his biggest accolades probably what you mostly might know his name from is he was actually a part of the band menudo which is why i laugh when hero said what he said oh okay did you know that i did not know that so he was a part of menudo with like ricky martin back in the day Wow. So, yeah, so I just, I just found that I know, I know we got that information given to us, but it didn't click for some reason. And I was looking right. it up and I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to talk, we want to talk about what he's doing now and all that kind of stuff. Yes. But um, I just thought I'd put that piece of juicy little, little yeah. piece of juicy information in there, a little zinger Super in there. Juicy. Yeah. Um, and the producer of a new series in New York, um, which I feel can't recall the name of it now uh it was the, it's the it's an art bath the art bath series in the new art york bath, city right yes. yeah so the art bath is basically taking you know different artists from different walks of life in the artist community so i think they can be gosh like from pianists to not penis penis pianists <laughs> this is going really well isn't it mm-hmm. oh yeah super super well keep going <laughs> piano players um, I've got a, I've got a funny real life joke about that. You can ask me one day, maybe not right now because we don't have time, but something regards to that and, right. and the name. Um, yeah. So kind of all works like from, uh, poets to dancers to, and Caesar is about to pop on any second and we can get more of an explanation on the art bath series. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hello. And here's Caesar. Hello, Caesar. 
Hi. How Sorry, are you? I'm, am I, I'm two minutes late. That's okay. We are just kind of <laughs> get close ourselves. So we are all in the same boat. Okay, fantastic. The lighting here is questionable. <laughs> and I just want to make sure. Oh, uh, it's all good. That it, that it looks okay on your end, that you can see me. We can see you. And I know we all have, because I'm wearing glasses too, and I can see the reflection of my, um, right? <laughs> but, but I want you to be able to see. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I Don't that. worry. I'm really excited. And I just want to make sure that oh, I uh, so have cute. everything that I need. Um, oh, here, maybe these glasses. have. Oh, a I love this. And Caesar, we're already recording. We're so candid in that sense. So, you know, Amazing. right? People look yeah. right. It's like we're it's humans. It's real life. Yeah. Just Listen, coming in, shows shows starting the moment you walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> we're on. Yes, um, we're on. We, we embrace, uh, you know, organicness in our bath. Love it. And people love it. just connecting to one another. And the whole premise of 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 the series is just to have that human connection so the fact that this already the party already started without even <laughs> me arriving is uh fantastic wonderful you know what i like the way you put that because we it's funny we want to introduce you in a moment we kind of did a little introduction before you popped on but it's interesting that you say that because we didn't really necessarily come into the podcast knowing that that was going to be how we were going to um I guess, have it, have it roll in that sense of like having us already having this dialogue before the, the guest pops on, but it just kind of organically became that. And I love how you said it was like, the party's already started, you know, okay, join the party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So yeah, the more the merrier. I love that. Yeah. 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 So That's with that, place. yeah. So with that being saying, it's so nice to meet you. Um, and we, like I said, we kind of did a very short introduction to you before you popped on. I know you have no idea what we said, so <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were great things. Um, <laughs> but if if you were to introduce yourself, um, how would you do that? So please introduce yourself to to us, to whoever is watching and listening. Um, well, my name is Cesar Abreu. Um, I live in New York City. Yeah. I am a producer, director, entrepreneur. Um, I currently, and for the past 16 seasons, have worked um, dancing for the Metropolitan Opera. So I do that as well. And, um, and uh, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised there until I was uh, 14 years old. And then I um, moved to the United States to pursue a career in dance because um, all I had done in Puerto Rico was a lot of acting and dancing and uh, doing soaps and sitcoms. And I mean, I've always been a performer mm -hmm. um, and my family being how they are. Uh, we're a big family and they always needed entertainment. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so me and my sister were always encouraged to pick up um, the domino, uh, the domino box um, and uh, use it as a microphone. And um... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I used to use like a tennis racket as a guitar, but the domino box is a, that's, that's a new one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just like, we're, you know, they play dominoes and they're like, well, pick that, you know, and that, okay, well, that's going to be your <laughs> microphone. And it started initially imitating um, family members. 
Yes. And then, of course, that developed into, uh, okay, well, imitate that person from TV. And then one thing led to to the other. And then all of a sudden, I was just like on... uh, on a sitcom in Puerto Rico for the, you know for three years, and it was one of the top-rated sitcoms. And I, I was oh my like, hmm. gosh. Um, so I, I did have a colorful um, childhood, and um, and thanks to my grandparents' encouragement and exposing me to um, the arts and music yes. and performing and really expressing myself as a child or finding some a way in which I could just be me um, has really allowed me to flourish as a human being. Um, and, and I pursued a career in the arts and um, I've been able to be lucky enough uh, to have been given many opportunities, and um, and I want to pass those on to other artists. I, I and I that's that. why I teamed up with um, uh, two uh, colleagues of mine from the Met, <clears throat> and figured we could do something uh, together. But we can we can talk about. I don't know if that answered your question. Um, who am I? So, but I, I hope I gave you a little insight on absolutely. Uh, yeah, you gave you gave lots a lot, of great, yeah. <laughs> a lot of great summary summaries, both kind of in areas that we tap into in our discussion with all of our guests, uh, from the earliest days, from the you can remember your first memories, all the way to what you see yourself in the future and what you're working towards. So that's kind of how we hop all around. Uh, it's very unstructured, very loose, very informal, just a chat. Uh, you know, we spend so much time being formal and serious, and we want this to just be a place for you to come as you are and do what you do, do whatever you need, and uh, there's no agenda. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing, I mean, so I didn't know this and not, not to say that we want to like talk about that, this particular claim to fame, but I didn't know you were in Menudo. That's pretty huge. (laughs) You know, um, it, um, the way that my career progressed. Yeah. Yeah. Please talk about that. That's, that's very interesting did the sitcom and did soaps and commercials and was um, consistently um, busy as a mm-hmm. young actor um, on the island, which is uh, rare, uh, you know, because there's, it's, we're 120 something miles by 35. So we're very small, <laughs> we're, we're very passionate people. Um, and uh, the, at the time, when all of this happened, me joining the group, mm-hmm. um, the one of the mothers from one of the kids that was in the group had seen me in a performance. And she's like, you know, my kid is about to leave and you would be perfect and to replace him. And I was just like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, because you, you remind me of my son when he was your age. And I think um, Sergio, which is the kid that I was supposed to replace, was 17, 18, and I was about 12, 13. Oh, wow. So she recommended me to the managers and the managers knew me from TV and they're like, oh my God, would you audition for the group? And I did. And um, one thing led to another and uh, my life completely changed. Obviously, Mm -hmm. when you're in in a groove that is international and it, it just... It was flipped upside down, but in the best, in the best way. And um, that fast, 
very quickly. Right. Well, because at that point, so I'm, maybe it's just not the right assumption to make, but at that point you were more strictly kind of known in Puerto Rico. And then when Menudo came along, was it, you kind of branched out to more international, more in the States? Was it, how did, was that kind of, kind of how it went? A hundred percent. I mean, I was, all I did was just like travel nationally from, and, and was, you know, busy doing everything. It's like a musical and like, they need someone that performed this commercial. I would just run there. And then my grandparents would be like, oh, there's this audition here. You should go. (laughs) So it was like, locally, I was like doing good. Um, But Menudo is just number one, being a member of the group during that particular time, this is, we're talking 1989, 90, mm-hmm. uh, was one of the biggest things that you could do um, as, a, as a performer, as a Latin kid, was just like, you always wanted to be part of like, oh, Menudo, that's like the thing <laughs> to do. You want to mm-hmm. be a, you know, so to, that was almost hitting the stratosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. At a very and young I, age, right? Yeah. At a very young age, you have a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot of expectations. Um, people, uh, you know, they just like, oh, my God, you're, you know. So there was a lot of pressure. Um, but uh, I was raised to be a very grounded human being. And, um, and, and my grandparents always instilled in me to be um, humble. Um, never think that you're better than anyone else. Um, you can be left without a car, without money on the street. But the one thing that no one can ever take away from you is your education. So you should continue pursuing that. So I think those values really just grounded me and prepared me for all the turbulent moments that can occur, um, when, receiving that kind of opportunity right yes right when you think about the things that you've been through as well a lot of people that are in the creative arts they do not necessarily get born into a culture a community that is celebrating them and embracing them as they are whether if it's timing if it's natural talent Mm -hmm. or just connections and relationships right so what are some things that your uh, family which you just spoke about what are some additional depths of what your family heritage and values um kind of bestowed in you like when did you start having those knowledge that knowledge imparted to you and when did you first start to grasp that and put that into action do you think I think that I was just going through the motions as any kid, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like my family. I think that, I mean, we're talking about a grandmother who her education, she, her, the last grade that she finished was eighth grade. Mm. And she was asked, you know, she had to raise her siblings And we're talking about a very different time. And Mm -hmm. my grandfather, I think, was the only person other than, I think, myself at at the point where, I mean, when I got my master's, but that I had ever gotten, I think, a master's degree in anything. So, but there were very, you know, um, humble Loving, loving (laughs) human beings. They were just, my grandfather was a salesman and he also taught um, some courses in uh, college. And um, he was a people 
people's person. Like he would just go anywhere and would talk to anyone. Doesn't matter whether you're this person with this particular job or whether you're, you know, shiny shoes. He was just <laughs> that kind of a, yeah. um, and I think that I, there wasn't a particular, to your point, there wasn't a particular moment in my life where I was just like, oh, I'm going to take this value. I think it was just like breadcrumbs. They just kept mm -hmm. accumulating little, little acts of, of just gestures of how they treated people. And um, they were my grandparents and we had a big family and I had a lot of uncles and aunts. Everybody would come and gather um, mm. during the holidays, during Thanksgiving. And um, so thanks to that, uh, you know, those values, uh, I certainly learn a lot of um, uh, skills and, and a lot of ways to to really how to carry myself in life, mm -hmm. you know, um, things that have come in handy, um, especially with how we're living these days and, and so much that is happening in the world, mm -hmm. be an empathetic person and a compassionate person are all those. It's so needed in the world. Yes. Yeah. So I'm getting a sense that you guys are connecting to that and I'm getting that. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Of, of well, I, I almost feel like may maybe you also learned that aspect of inclusivity, right, from your grandfather and um, just, you know, and even just uh, being a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. I wonder if um, if some of those values were maybe picked up from him or passed down to you how to to be inclusive and to, you know, understand that we are all like, I mean, not in so many words, not what you just said, but that we are all human, we're all human. Yeah. We all 100%. Have a story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It, you know, it's funny that you say that. And that's such a great segue because although they, they had some overarching positive, encouraging themes, mm -hmm. they did not escape some of the, I mean, we call them these days traditional, but mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we know what traditional means these days. And it means uh, to mm -hmm. not be a specific way and not embrace your queerness and not embrace who you really are and, or mm -hmm. not love, but not love in a certain way. And specifically, you know, uh, living in a heterosexual relationship and right. We know today that there's so much in between, so oh many beautiful, mm -hmm. so much grayness. And, um, and I think that's what we, sh we should celebrate, you know, yeah. spectrum from A through Z and everything mm -hmm. in between. So having said that, my, my grandfather specifically, when I expressed my interest, he would take me, he's like, I will take you to any audition that you want to go, but I'm not taking you to no ballet classes. <laughs> Right. Oh, right. that really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that. And that's the tradition. That's, that's the, that's how he grew up. Like it's, mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And yeah. I was like, I was left kind of <laughs> scratching my head and not to get into a whole different story, but my mother yeah. was living in Florida at the time. Okay. And um, we had a very close relationship. And I said, mom, I think I'm moving to Florida. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 14 and I've decided oh. that I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. Like now when your grandfather um, made that comment at that time, 
did, did, were you out? Did you express that? Do you think he knew that? Um, was there any, yeah. I think that, I think there might've been, you know, I am, I've, I don't think that I was trying to hide my sexuality. Of course, mm-hmm. if anybody would ask, it's not something that I really talked about because you're a kid. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think I was trying at that point because in Puerto Rico, um, you know, it is, and especially still to this day, it's very much um, a Catholic country. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of religion attached to the culture. And um, and I almost needed to take a step back and and almost reshaped who I am now as an adult. I've been able to, okay, that's that was just pieces that I don't want to hold on to. Yeah. Um, I don't want to feel guilty for for who I love. Mm-hmm. So there are parts of myself that I needed to have that be my past. And have me move forward with a new understanding of who I am as a gay, queer, proud man. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it wasn't specifically anything that they said, but I think that I understood that my grandfather might have an issue with who I was only only by saying, I mean, by saying, I'm not going to take you to ballet. There's so much that is... um, uh, you know, communicated in that yeah. sentence. Yes. So you don't really have to say it. I think yes. just saying it and all of the implications uh, that come with that, I think that there's a lot there. And I think I understood that in order for me to fulfill my goal and be exactly who I want to become professionally, I want to pursue dance. But uh, more importantly, I, I know that there's something within me that I, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I, I can't be myself here right now. So I need to move forward as much yes. as I love them. And I, and I, and I did. And they were encouraging. They're like, okay, well, that's what you need to do. And we didn't engage, obviously, in, in any kind of uh, sexuality conversation just because I was too young. Right. Um, but I think it was a subconscious decision for me to f- move forward because I saw something on the horizon that wow. I could pinpoint at, at that moment. Like, it's because of this. Yes. Um, right. So. That's a, that's a pretty... That's a pretty big, um, even though it wasn't a very specific realization, but the, that that feeling that you had at that age and to act on it at 14, mm-hmm. like that's pretty, that's pretty adult. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, yeah no, seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know a lot of 14 year olds that would, would, would do that. And then just, and actually, you know, make that choice. And yeah. so yeah. It's, it's pretty spectacular, I think. I just, I, I just felt like I didn't have an option. It was yeah. just kind of like, what, what am I, yeah. am I just, I, I, I felt like there was something that was like crying. So that's why I've made it my mission to really encourage, I don't know who this is going to reach, but the, if there is a 12 or 13 or 14 or even younger person that is queer and has any kind of feelings about who they are. I just want them to know that I was there myself and there is nothing to be ashamed and they can take as much time as 
you need um, in order to yeah. really find yourself. There's you don't have to decide and you don't have to make any decisions. You have your whole entire life mm-hmm. to really come to terms with who you are and who you are is determined by you. No one else. Yep. Very well said. And 100%. I mean, as, as being gay and queer myself, you know, uh, and it wasn't that long ago that I was in that age demographic of that kind of preteen, early teens. There's a lot of things that come up, I think, in anyone, any human. But when you are something that is already different from the mainstream, even in a generation that might be so progressive, pending where you grow up and how you're raised, there are certain ways of thinking that even if we can't articulate them yet, some people can at that age where we do look further inside with introspection. We do question things more quickly. We do want to know where we belong, whether if it's location, if it's setting, if it's a space within our own home, we're constantly striving to find a place where we all belong and to find places where we feel a sense of our own community. And when we look at someone, even a smile or a look of assurance or a hug or something that's non-intimidating, that's what we look for as queer people. We look for spaces in a very non-verbal way to feel like we don't have to say anything because we fear rejection. We fear being uh, assaulted or being discriminated for something that we're not doing to other people. You know, so I think our generations have come a long way, depending where we are, where there is no judgment. It's just we're looking at you as a human and you are who you are. In your situation, though, it's a little bit different because of the time that you were growing up and looking at where you are Mm -hmm. now. I can only imagine, as you're saying, there's a lot of people out there that are definitely going to be listening to this, that are going to take inspiration from what you're saying. And if I was in their position, I would feel very inspired and I would feel very driven to achieve something similar in my own way. Uh, so the fact that you got to experience that and that you knew there are lots of things that you'll know at that age, yeah. there's things though, those informed decisions are things that inform you to where you are now. There are things that came up along there that were trajectories that kept pointing you to saying, this feels right. I'm going to do this. I'm here. Okay. And you're, and you keep following. So for that long tangent, in terms of that path, that trajectory, what are some, not curveballs, but what are some turns and kind of swerves that came up through that trajectory? along your way through Florida and then wherever you came after? Well, you know, uh, I was uh, trying to really find who I was. And and Mm -hmm. within that, I, you know, I would just go anywhere that, you know, in my time, uh, the AIDS epidemic was Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. rampant. Mm -hmm. It was... It, and it was very much about uh, a gay cancer mm-hmm. and have, uh, you know, our community was so targeted with so much like subliminal messages to, you know, it wasn't just like you're mm-hmm. effeminate, but like it, if you have intimacy, if you are intimate with another human being, you will die. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have all of those things kind of like, bombarding who you are it was almost uh, as lo- as though you're walking into a um a, 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 uh, minds are around you right. you know so you don't even know where to step and um, moving to florida i think helped me because i was able to attend a performing arts high school so there were oh, wow. other kids kind of like me not only gay but uh they were interested in the arts and, 
it, it just kind of opened up a whole new world, like the song. Yeah. Right. And right. I just felt I just felt at home and I felt like I was just like, okay, this feels right. Um, and and obviously having the support of my mom, you know, um, I was in Puerto while I was in Puerto Rico and trying to find myself, I ended up going to a couple of to a club that was gay. <laughs> and my family ended up like finding me there. And she, she's like, before you move, you're not going to be going out to clubs. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I will love you no matter what. Um, and that's a whole story. that <laughs> takes about an hour. But it's the only place that I was just like, Oh, I heard from a friend that there were other people that were like me. Yes. Um, so I don't encourage anybody who's 14 who's listening to this story <laughs> to go out there. We have progressed. Yeah, and yeah. there's a yes. lot of support out there for mm-hmm. um a lot of people. But um, but I did, I did I I moved and um and I was able to, you know, um hone my craft and study dance. And as a male dancer, you, you get a lot of um, opportunities and scholarships because there weren't yeah. that, there aren't that many of us still. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's not so, so yeah. It, it's so interesting in that sense, because, you know, if, if you compare still to what a male dancer, how they're perceived or what pedestal they're put on in the, in North America compared to like Russia, for example, mm-hmm. or I know we don't really don't want to talk about Russia in, in a different sense, but in the sense of, yeah. in a sense of the performing arts and culturally, I mean, we, we spoke with um, uh, Mary Murphy at one point, who is uh, the judge of uh, So You Think You Can Dance. And she was, we were just pointing out about how, um, yeah, like men that want to get into dance, it's, it's like, it's encouraged in those countries and it's not mm-hmm. like something, you know, you wouldn't necessarily hear grandfathers say, well, as long as they don't want to take you to your ballet lesson, like right. they would, they would be like, please let me take you to your ballet yeah. lesson. Like, you know, so I don't know what it's going to take, you know, for, um, us to, to not, uh, kind of put a, a male dancer in the box of like, or, or a male dancer in the box of being like, Oh, they're a dancer. They must be gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's another stigma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, in regards to, um, to your point about Russia and, and, and uh, I guess we could name Cuba uh, in, in, in that um, I wouldn't say box, but in that mm-hmm. world of, elevating uh the art form yes. it's because i'm um, uh, you know i'm sure of culturally and it has more of a nationalistic sense of it elevates the country yeah and when yes. people have extreme views um they really want to make sure that whatever it takes to move the country forward in that sense um, is um, is supported. Mm-hmm. So ballet, obviously in, um, you know, Cubans are like the best of the best when it comes to training, Alicia mm-hmm. Alonso and Fernando Alonso, <laughs> two, uh, you know, Cuban pioneers mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> make sure that, uh they shared a lot of what they gained um, with the country and that put uh, it put Cuba on the map. Right. And the same thing with Russia, you know? Uh, So when it comes to that doesn't mean that neither countries 
are supportive or of LGBTQ rights. Right. True. While you can't support an aspect of your life because of the political gains that your country might receive Mm -hmm. globally, to not have the support of who you are as a human being, yes, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me, and I just yeah. don't think yeah. that it's uh, it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no. a very good point. Yeah, no, for sure not, because I mean, what we're trying to you know celebrate <laughs> and to empower in all generations and stuff is creativity, is self expression in any way, and self expression can be done through being analytical and technical. It can be done by being creative and artistic, and in this way, in terms of dance and movement and art. So, but I'm curious again, in terms of that being said, are there any senses of resistance or narrow mindedness that you are facing, or people around you are facing, even in 2022? Um, in your industry, in your culture? Or do you find that it's really progressive and quite inclusive um, in, in general? Um, I, I, you know, as a Latino, queer, gay man, I still face some um, questionable behavior because mm. of my accent or because of the way that I sound or because of my culturally we are really effervescent people so there might be uh things that are not said but because of who you are and the way in which we express ourselves um tend to be seen as you are not fitting inside a box yeah um so those are things that i'm trying to champion for those who are who do not fit that mold of you know heteronormative uh way of being and Mm -hmm. and 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 carrying yourself and i just i just think that it's so beautiful when we see things that and people who act different than us Mm -hmm. communicate in a different way and and their accent is different and they uh, accentuate different things in different ways. And we think, oh, that's funny the way that she said that, but really maybe the reason why she said that in that way is because in her mind, in her own or his own or their language, is configured in such a way that it comes across that way, but it's not because of anything else. So I always encourage for people to be curious, Mm. not for what is presented to you at that moment, but I had a teacher in grad school, Kay Cummings, and she was the chair of my department. And she would always, she was not only the chair, but she was also my acting teacher Mm -hmm. and whenever we would get into a deep monologue or a deep study about a character and we would encounter a block Mm -hmm. and we would be faced with okay I'm I'm about to cry (laughs) she would say go there Mm. go there and I always tell people when oh she sounded that was that was different and I'm like I'm always more curious about what you're not telling me why Mm. different and she, oh well, I don't know. And I'm like, go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me why it's not. <laughs> and then we can have a real conversation about how you really feel. 
Totally. And that, and that in turn, I think will create change. I think we're just used to kind of being behind our phones and numb to anything else that we just accept. And instead of being curious, yes, be curious about, yeah. you know, so I hope that answered your question. What things am I still encountering that? Yeah, I hope I answer that. Yeah, no, you definitely did. And I think one thing that we love on our podcast is that there are no wrong answers, right? There aren't any um, answers that can be more uh, curated or tailored to questions that we might ask. I think taking that pressure off is really important because it makes it candid. It makes it, it makes it improvisational. That's what Mm -hmm. communication is, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think you're right. There are lots of things that we are going through in technology that goes beyond sexuality and gender now in this day and age where there is a lot of uh, more gap for communicators that are interpersonal, that are in real life, because especially through uh, dating apps and social networks and profiles, and especially more rampant in uh, non-conforming queer communities, there are so many people that don't even want to do a video chat even before going on a date. There are so many people that just want to mm. text or so many people that don't even want to show a face a face photo because of discretion, whether if it's to protect from being um, harassed and abused or if it's because they don't have the vulnerability and the willingness to actually show their face or too discreet. You know, these aren't judgments, but these are facts. These are observations that our community in the gay community is happening to be. So, I think there's a lot of steps that are going forward, but because of all the technology and all the additional platforms that we have to communicate and build community, there's also a lot of uh, regression in ways that's actually not healthy whatsoever. Mm. Um, So I think we have a responsibility Mm -hmm. as um, folks that are from the millennial generation or or somewhere between millennial and kind of Gen X or whatever you want to call it to kind of help educate those that are in the Gen Z that are in the upcoming generations or those that were raised so technologically that they haven't been passed down those skills. It's kind of a different way of us passing oh, yeah. down what our parents want to pass down to us, but it's a different category and it's a different um, criteria, I suppose, of making sure those values of communication, connection, community, um, being a role model and how to have those life skills. Those will only continue to get Unfortunately, they'll get worse well, unless and, if someone stands and, in and does something about it. And the pandemic didn't help. Not at all. <laughs> right? Not at all. If anything, no. it, it made it worse in that sense. So, oh, yeah. It fucked so much. It, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, it still kind of is. Um, I, you know, I wonder it's even just kind of getting ourselves out of, I mean, I, kind of, I know we're doing this virtually. It's funny. I'm saying that. And yet we're not even, we're not even, you know, here to like, you know, actually yeah. physically see each other and, you know, put our hand, Hey, nice to meet you. Shake your yeah. hand, all that kind of stuff. Um, which yeah, it's kind of ironic in that sense. Mm-hmm. I, how has it been in that regard, uh, for you as, um, New, you know, New York has opened up since the pandemic. I know it's, I know it's been open, you know, quote unquote, open for a number of months now, but mm-hmm. what was that transition like being shut down for so long and then coming back and doing what you're doing, having performances again, having people do, do you as a performer get the sense of, um, awkwardness with the audience? Are they more excited? Are they kind of like socially awkward? Is there, or even in, as in a cast, like, I, I don't know if you, you could talk about that a little bit. Um, I think the pandemic was, uh, 
I mean, the impact that it had in all of our lives, especially at the time, I had two upcoming productions at the Met that we hadn't started rehearsals for. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I lost those contracts. And um, so financially, uh, it, it yeah. impacts you as an artist. And, you know, you're working your entire life to... Even even with my tenure at the Met, you're not guaranteed a position. You you right. still have to go through. Right. Okay, can you do it? Uh, you know, you have to audition regularly. You have to stay right. in shape. You know, there's a whole. It's a whole process. It's not like okay, I'm ready. You <laughs> no. You, you know, so to be offered a contract, and you're on, you're on that trajectory, and then everything shuts down um, and uh, the Mets position, obviously, you know, you don't work, you don't get paid, um, which is, a, you know, online, there's a lot of places that were like that, but mm -hmm. it impacts you financially. Mm -hmm. I think emotionally it, it was the most devastating because you were just cocoon in your place mm -hmm. and with, and, 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 and my life revolves about being creative, yes. about rehearsal, about interaction, about mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let's try this movement over here. <laughs> that, gone. Mm -hmm. Physical, physically, it impacts you because you're not moving. You might, you know, be coming around your place, but I mean, it's not like you're walking your, you should take 10,000 steps a day. That's not happening. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it impacts you physically, emotionally, and it was devastating. As a, a, a community, the only thing we had, and I don't know if you had it, but were the pots and pans at 7 p.m. Yeah, you did. had it too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that, that as a community would kind of like bring us together. But other than that, it was just me. Um, and at the time I was dating someone and, um, and, and luckily that, that person who is still very, you know, in my life, um, our relationship. And I think my, maybe as a result of the fact that we went through so much together, it, it, it's, it almost kind of like, it impacts you in such a way that you're always, connected because yes. of what you went through together yeah mm -hmm. how is it different right now is it weird it's a little weird to be <laughs> rehearsing with masks to be communicating with one another with masks oh you're still doing that with masks on okay I never yeah. know I like in Canada like I mean every every state every province every country is just doing you know yeah, everything's very different so that's map. interesting yeah I would, I would say that the Met is one of the and and I would uh, applaud their efforts there mm -hmm. they have one of the strictest uh, guidelines that you have to wear a mask you have to be vaccinated um, you if you work there you have to be boosted um, okay. So there's a lot of things. And as a result, I think there was only one cancellation of a, mm -hmm. of a performance, but we haven't canceled any performances other than that one. Wow. Wow. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on yeah. wood. And it, if you know the Met, the Met doesn't do anything small. <sighs> We're right. a big company. Yes. And some of the productions <laughs> involves 
involve hundreds, hundreds of people. And um, we just kind of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's hard. It's difficult. Some of us have different points of views, but I think we all stuck to the theme of like the the better for the entire company is for everyone to follow a certain guideline. And we did. And because of that, and because of the uh, efforts to mitigate transmission, mass social distancing, Mm -hmm. we were able to have a fruitful season, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been easy. And, And some of the things that we learn and my colleagues, my two other producers that I'm doing our bath with some of the things that we learn from the med guideline wise are the things that we have implemented um, at our bath um, mm-hmm. about maintaining protection uh, yes. around each other. And, um, and we've, we've had really positive results. So, so far, so good. That's amazing. We're, well, because you just mentioned art bath, can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I kind of read about it, but I want to hear it from your, from your mouth. <laughs> From the horse's mouth. From the horse, not mm-hmm. the horse, but sure, yeah. I beg you, pardon. <laughs> from the, I was called worse. How about handsome, the cute? I was like, yeah. From, from like, the handsome, what? the handsome bachelor uh, in New York yeah. City <laughs> that happens to live in the same city right. as, yes, as, as yes, my aunt and I uncle. Like that. <laughs> Oh my God. I could be, I, I, this is, this is great. I could be, um, uh, when we meet in real, in real life, we'll have to make it a night. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Uh, I I have, I have family in Manhattan. They live in Greenwich. So I actually, I'm overdue for a visit. And I have a, we have to make it a point. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll we'll connect offline and make that happen. Yeah. (laughs) I have a lot of friends there and very, very, very good family friends. And that's like, actually my husband, we were just talking about, Okay, we're totally off tangent. We were talking about it's been way too long since we've been there. We have to be trying to get there this summer. So we'll see. We'll see if that actually ends up happening. We'll let you know for sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I guess I should start, you know, our bath. I, I I guess after these past couple of years, it I feel like it it was important for us to create opportunities, you know. Yeah. Um, let me just say that my other producer, uh, their names are Ma- uh, Mara Driscoll and Elizabeth Yilmaz Dobrow. They are the producers uh, that I am. I have joined forces with. And um, it was important for us to create opportunities that allowed us to connect with one another. And art, as, I've sh- as we've have sh- been sharing, can have uh, a really profound impact in all of our lives especially <laughs> during this moment. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? With so mm-hmm. much kind of like divisiveness, craziness, chaos in the world, um, we can all reach towards the arts mm-hmm. as that thing that really suits our soul. Yes. Um, and uh, we're craving that. I think a lot of us are craving that desperately. We did. So we're like, okay, we need to create something that kind of brings, we love music, we love dance, we love this. So we thought, you know, what's better than taking a warm, soothing bath after a hard day, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the idea 
you know, visually and, you know, yes. physically, I guess you can behind our bath to have our audiences really immerse themselves and experience the profound, the healing, the energizing force that art can really have in, in all of our lives. So our city, I'm sure like every, every other city has, has been really, um, just impacted by so many traumatic events and, and, and going back mm. to the thing, the things and the way that we were doing things before, I think it was just, I, it, it was like, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> In what sense, which, which, which things like health wise, you're talking about electronics. Are you talking just, just kind of like, uh, number one, while we do work at the Met and while we see that as a, a, a really gift in our lives, mm -hmm. we didn't want for the Met to provide an opportunity for us to kind of present what we wanted to present. Mm -hmm. The Met mm -hmm. has their mission and it's to present world class opera and to entertain and they have their, we have our own ideas. <laughs> so yeah. we, we, we felt that let us create something smaller scale yeah. We, we have colleagues here that we can work with. Yeah. Why don't we just create our own thing? So that, that mode of like going to an institution and asking them for either support. And I'm not just, uh, this is me diverting from the Met, but me going to the National Endowment for the Arts or like a, an, a, an organization that's going to sponsor us. If you guys are out there and you want to sponsor us, great. <laughs> this will we be a good relate. clip. We'll we'll use this like as a clip. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we can so but, relate to that. But, <laughs> we're like, let's 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 call friends. Let's see yeah. if they want to be if they want to do this with us. Yeah. And um, our bath, I think, is uh, it's a. I, I just want to specify that it's a salon style series. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the salon style series, but I just want to perhaps talk a little bit about it. Um, it does. It, it's it's a small, intimate setting, um, and it's, you know, an art salon has always the goal is to really foster um, community connection and dialogue and um, experimentation um, and which we knew that our city and our arts community um, really needed. Um, yeah. And the place in which this is going to take place is uh, this uh, place called the Blue Building and it's on uh, 46th Street in Manhattan. Okay. Um, and it's a former electrical supply factory. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love yeah. those converted spaces. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was converted into this uh, uh, performance and event space, and it's wow. freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's so many areas, and we're like, um, we developed a relationship with the owner, and he has been. We've made him our mayor, um, <laughs> so he's he's described. He's a he's a really generous. Uh, Michael Duplair, um, generous human being, and he's just he's just been really really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but to uh, answer to those who are questioning, you know, where does the inspiration come from? We, as producer, we took inspiration from just a bygone era, you know, right. things that are not really done anymore, like uh, uh, the Warhol factory, um, the 1980s, 70s, like the Vogue balls in New York mm -hmm. City, yeah. um, mm. Paris salons, um, yeah. Uh, Soho Loves and um, 
Alilia Walker, I don't know if you guys have heard, Alilia Walker, Harlem's Renaissance Salons, but it was this lady that would have in the 1920s um, gatherings of people, musicians and poets. And oh, it was I love kind it. Of like yeah. a, this intimate place where, I mean, it was a, a huge house but she would have gatherings where uh you know people would come and share their craft and look at art and talk about music and um yeah so yeah. we thought that you know as artists it was really important to really think about this moment yes and the issues of equity and access and really to think of uh genres and embrace really new mediums Yes. Um, so each program is uh, it's completely different, uh, including the lineup of uh, of the artists that we have in each <laughs> evening. Um, and the idea is to have uh, excerpts and, and samples from each artist featured. And, and the experience is immersive in, in that the audience comes in and they go from room to room and really navigates, you know, through a whole plethora of art. Cool. Oh, I love that. So they, okay. So the audience, it's, it's a moving audience. Yeah. In a we sense. Are, the, the first part of the evening, it, so you know, cool. they come in and they have like a cocktail kind of hour to kind of mingle. And mm-hmm. then uh, we just gather them, gently guide <laughs> them to like, Hey, something's happening over here. And uh, every night is different. So, so uh cool. And the place in which we determine that, okay, we're going to start with the back room being the first room. We change it every single time because there's cool. people that have attended our first one and our second one, yeah. and uh, we can't keep it the same. So we're always keeping <laughs> things up. <laughs> that, what? Is really that is amazing. so cool. Gosh, you know, I, yeah, no, there, I just it has go to ahead, re- It has to revisit value. It has the value to see a circulation of artists, but to also yeah. be exposed to different artisans that are uh, continuously rotational. So yeah. in a sense, it actually keeps letting it be a rebirth or a rebath, I guess you could call it, you know? <laughs> yeah. We are, I, you know, coined the, coined the, the name. I'm like, if you are, uh, if this is your first time bathing with us, so we're yes. calling them art bathers. Yes. Oh, I love yes, that. Exactly. Yeah, it's not yeah. the same bath water as before. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's a completely fresh, new bath ball. Fresh bath water. Yeah, we yeah. are, you know, dripping the hall with new essential oils and new kind of art baths, oh, and yes. so it's it's really exciting. I just want to point out that something really exciting uh, happened last night. Oh. Um, uh, three of the artists that have two of the artists that have been featured. Um, well, all three are, have been <laughs> Grammy nominated. Wow. Wow. Um, Will Liverman was, uh, is a Grammy nominated baritone. Um, and he opened the season at the Met with being the star of Fire Shut Up in My Bones, which is the first opera by a Black composer at the Metropolitan Opera. Whoa. Nominated last night for a Grammy. No, uh, last night. No. Oh, last he night. was, oh yeah, because they were last night. Wow. Valerie June, we just had her. She is uh, a singer. She was nominated for a Grammy as well. And she f- was featured on March 26th, so it just passed, <laughs> yeah. um, as a poet and illustrator, because she she's also a writer, so we feature her, and she was just nominated. And um, Anthony Roth Costanzo, 
who starred, who started in the, um, he opened up our series on February, uh, February 26th. Huh. He was nominated for uh, a Grammy last night for the op for Philip Glass's new opera, Agnaton. Whoa. He won. He won? Did you won. say? Wow. Oh my God. Wow. So I'm just, so I if just you go online. You'll be yeah. able to see that he he and the cast won for best opera cast recording. Um, so we are. I just googled him. Yeah, we're in a celebratory mode. Wow, that's so exciting! I mean, gosh, New York City. I mean, it's just it's and limitless, endless talent. Like, and so, are you yourself performing, or you're or you're producing solely? Um, I, uh, I will be performing uh, at the end of the month in Puccini's uh, Turandot uh, at the Met. So I am I'm actually performing this season at the Met. And, uh, and the opera is it's been at the Met since 1986. It wow. was directed by Franco Seffarelli, who is if you know his productions, we have a uh, bohem at the Met still. They're huge. They're massive. And I'm just wow. really grateful that I am in this production, but I am diverting. I mean, I've been for uh, a while at the Met and I'm trying to yeah. kind of make my way into creating opportunities for other artists and providing mm -hmm. them a platform to, you know, uh, pursue their art. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that Makes complete sense. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things I'm, I, one thing I want to ask you kind of more of a, on a, on a lighter note <laughs> is who are some of your uh, favorite um, idols or people in the community that you've had a chance to work with that you never thought you might have a chance to experience their creativity or their self-expression? Oh, wow. That is a really <laughs> profound. <laughs> you got to think about it now. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> oh, there's, there's, there's just too many, um, yeah. you know, I, some people don't get because of, um, this is going back to something that I've mentioned before. And it was just my, my grandparents telling me, nobody, no one can take your education away. Once you have it, you have it for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And through school, I was, I was, one of the things that I learned was there's so many artists that, I mean, visual, Picasso, surrealist, like uh, Dali, Basquiat, um, Warhol, I mean, the list, Michelangelo, there's so many artists that you're just kind of like, I didn't know anything about them when I was in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and because I just had opportunities and Alicia Alonso, I didn't know anything about her until I started studying dance. Right. Um, American Ballet Theater, New York City Ballet, George Balanchine, the Met Opera. No clue. Wow. And because I pursued and I pushed myself to continue not knowing where that horizon was going to take me, I think I was able to have so many people that have inspired me and all of these icons and giants from the arts have all been great. Um, but the people that really inspire me are the people that I come in 
contact with every single day are people yeah. like yourselves are people oh, that yeah, are yeah. just really interested are people that are just like make me think about <laughs> where i've been my trajectory my producer uh colleagues uh mara and liz um someone who i'm riding the train with who is just like hey you know i see you do your bag or like you know and i'm like oh i'm also i do i'm doing this thing and i get to because at the end of the day while i might be pursuing arts or you know this thing over here it's all about the human condition and we're all in this journey once we don't know about the future the past whatever we're all in this journey and it's about absorbing every single moment that you mm -hmm. have in your life that's it that's mm -hmm. all you have the present so if you get to absorb and really appreciate all of every every single chance that you have in your life as the moment then that's the recipe for happiness hmm. just living in a place of gratitude and uh, never taking anything that comes into your life for granted because you never know that might have been your last chance that you had it in your life so that's it <laughs> i wish i could hug you I, right now i know that is that um, I kind of don't have, um, more words for that. Uh, that almost feels like a very natural conclusion to our conversation. It does. <laughs> Perhaps. It does. Um, completely. wow. Yeah. I thank just you for that. To, yes, please continue. I just want to, um, thank you both for your openness and making the space for us to meet together tonight and um uh thank you to all of your listeners and your viewers and uh things i don't think happen by chance it is just a series of of impulses of uh instincts or or whatever you want to call it even action has a reaction so for some reason we ended up here tonight and i'm just really grateful and um, and I hope that our our paths cross again really really soon. In person, they, they will. Super they happy will. For that. I believe. Very I happy. believe they will. Yeah. Now, how can I? In the show notes, we always put how people can find you. But how how can they find you and get in touch with you if they if they need to if they want to? Caesar <laughs> Caesar NY. So that's C E S A R N Y on Instagram and um, our bath NYC is, uh, .com is our website. So that's another Perfect. way of uh, getting in touch with us and see, seeing the, the latest of our, uh, of our series. Um, we're hopefully um, going to do um, more in the fall, but that is kind of, that's still in the works. So you're okay. preview of what might happen in the fall. And that was my next question, actually. So how, and uh, lastly, how long right now, when's the last performance, I guess I should ask currently? April 23rd is going to okay. be our last, our last performance. So um, unfortunately, the performance has sold out. <gasps> wow. I Good know. for you. That shouldn't be a surprise though, but yeah, that's great. Um, so we're really happy. And uh, the feedback and the response has been overwhelmingly positive and people are really excited to come and see some more art and we are here to make sure that we provide them with what they're <laughs> wanting so we are 
uh, plotting a way to have this series continue because we feel it's necessary and because it, I, we feel it's provided um, a, a positive artery for people to really connect with uh, one another. Beautiful. So fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for your equally everything you just said in respect, reciprocal to you as well. And yeah, we'll definitely connect. Um, I'll connect with you offline as well. So we oh, can yeah. continue we the conversation. Both well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, A wonderful night because I know you're three hours ahead. So good night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and right. it's been a both. pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Mwah. Bye-bye. Take yes. care. Bye. Bye.